Hello, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemenly ladies, and some lady gentlemen. I know you're out there. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Alexander Rodriguez, here for On The Rocks Radio Show, where celebrities and cocktails mix, and we've already been mixing a little bit here. Tonight is an embarrassment, a total embarrassment, an embarrassment of riches, of course, with six-time Emmy Award winner Bruce Valanche, uh, who wrote for such hits as the Oscars, the Emmys, the Tonys, the Grammys, and yes, that Star Wars holiday special. Uh, and we are joined with our special panel of men's today. We have travel blogger, model, and YouTuber Daniel Pyers here. Ask the wise guy. Advice from our favorite porn star, Wesley Woods, and my co-pilot tonight, non-profiteer Michael Ferreira. Let the drinks begin. <laughs> And most poor suckers are starving to death. I'd like to propose a toast. This is On the Rocks with Alexander, coming at you from Sunset Gower Studios in the heart of Hollywood, where I drink with your favorite celebrities and we talk about fashion, entertainment, pop culture, reality TV, and and that's about it. So pop a court, pour a glass, lean back, and enjoy On the Rocks every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Oh, it's going to be a bumpy night. We have Hollywood royalty in the house uh, with so many stories. Um, we're going to have to bleep probably yeah. every other word from this. Well, the queen. The, the queen. <laughs> uh, excuse me. A, you're the empress. I'm the queen. That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> like being with Aretha. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know name dropper. He's already name dropping. We haven't even started the goddamn show. Like being a black lady singer in Aretha's presence. <laughs> you're knocked down a peg. Suddenly you're the Duchess of Cornwall. You're Camilla. You're late coming. And there's the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Bruce, for letting us. I just have to say, tonight we're competing with the Hurricane Harvey telethon. Uh-huh. With like Julianne Moore is actually picking up the phone. Like people have to use like an actual phone with a cord on it. They're like, "What's happening?" <laughs> but I mean, this hurricane's ruined everything because now we're competing with it. Hello. Uh, but if you do make a contribution, let us know. Call in or message the show at info at on the rocks radio show. We'll send you a free bottle of Spunk Lube, our sponsor, just for giving to the hurricane. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Absolutely. I'm going to give to the hurricane now. Yeah. <laughs> you get a free bottle. Everybody goes uh, home with a free bottle. But is that what Chris Cuomo was wearing? Yes. yes. Did you see the shade? It was like, who wore it better? Anderson oh Cooper and, and Cuomo? Yes. Anderson Cooper, like, he used to be our buddy. Now we're like, because mm, he's not friends with Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, he looks yeah. tired. A week ago, we were saying, blah, 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 blah. I, mo- I moved on to Matt Gutman. I know, but I think he's probably three feet tall. <laughs> but oh, like he that. likes them that I way. Like that I was, really? I was yeah. worried you can bounce them off your face. I know. It's great. And you could do Wizard of Oz handy. reenactments, too. It's very handy. Oh, God. <laughs> Poor Daniels here is like, oh, my God, what's happening? Our, our token straight man to keep it all together. Who? <laughs> Daniel Pyre. Yeah. Oh. No, oh. we, were, we didn't confuse you. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I am no. so straight. <laughs> I so actually watch football, so I feel a little straight. I'm <laughs> um, not only competing with Hurricane Harvey Telethon, but uh, iPhone X was announced today. Yes. It's glass in back, glass in front. Now you need like a double case because who's going to like not drop that? Um, and it's no home button. It's just face recognition. You turn it on yeah. with your face. I turn on a lot of people with my face. <laughs> so what so if much. Get, then what if you get it done? I mean, you know. Oh, that's well, that's a good point. Some of the jokes, well, uh, the joke I wrote, you know, I like to pre-write my jokes, but we're going to find yeah. out how you do your jokes, is, well, now you can go up to Grandpa in the open casket at his funeral and be like, one last purchase, Grandpa, and, like, open up his phone uh, and Apple Pay. Apple Pay. Because it connects with your Apple Pay, and you pay with your <laughs> yeah, face. You pay with your face. But like you said, or, like, drunk I mean, face. I mean, my drunk face, you've seen my drunk face. 
I'm like, get me an Uber. It's like, cannot complete. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what a show. I'm obsessed with our cast today. We have uh, the best of the best uh, with the cheapest of the cheapest alcohol. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. We're going to have Hollywood stories tonight. We're going to get travel tips. We're going to get hard-hitting, no pun intended, advice from Wesley Woods and Sass all for free. You get that for free here. Hello to our listeners around the nation on iHeartRadio, Universal Broadcasting Network, Player FM, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Satchel, iTunes, Google Play, and of course we are on Facebook Live, on Hillcrest Social in San Diego, True FM in Ohio, hello Ohio, and nationally on Reverie Network, and we are now streaming live on Bear World Magazine uh, Facebook page. Check out Bear World Magazine, you know I'm the entertainment editor. Bear World? Bear, Bear World, World, right. Oh, I think I was on their cover a few years ago. Yes, I'm sure. In fact, I, I I'm, I'm going to do like a follow-up interview. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at they. I had never seen it before, and they sent. I said, "Send it to me," and they sent it. This is when there were still like magazines in the mail. Yeah, now it's all digital, and, right? And they sent me a copy of it, and I looked through it, and I realized I am not my type. well i've succumbed i'm like fine i'm a bear i'm a bear um anyway uh check bear world magazine every week for my uh interviews and my fun movie reviews i've also started doing movie news mondays which is really fun because i don't have to be pc at all and i tell it like it is like uh this week my i I wrote uh they premiered three new songs from the new frozen spinoff short film i said the terrible thank you i said the only thing frozen is my excitement (laughs) 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 <laughs> I'm in front of like comedy great and he's just staring at me like what is it James Franco good? all like, over again what did he say <laughs> I was just I did the same did the couple writers Lopez's yes they write song? yeah and it's uh, Adina and uh, Sourface what's her face um, Kristen Bell yeah Kristen uh, Bell and Josh Gad oh well, well, I'm so excited Kristen Bell is, was in Florida uh, entertaining uh, altacockers at uh, shelters that's right I, I saw that <laughs> this really? morning TV, yeah. yeah no she was that's hanging a Jew- out she was a Jewish expression for people older than you are Ah. I didn't know what that yeah. meant. I just wanted to keep it classy. I was vamping. I was vamping. Also, we're using like old French. Hollywood terms. We're vamping. It's, French. Now, it's, it's anybody who's older than you, per whoever is speaking. Hey, she's an Altacaca. I mean, that means she's Altacaca. Older than I. That's gonna be my new grinder profile I name. I want to write that down. Altacaca verse. Right. <laughs> Who are we? Really? I'm sorry. I don't mean to be uh, disrespectful at all, but Jews too late. Have the best words. Jews have the best words. Best words. They have the best food. The best words. We have a million ways to say it's bad. We have nothing to say it's good. There's no way of saying, (laughs) "Oh, that's good." (laughs) (laughs) There are seven million ways for Drake, for Schimbold, for Putz, for Tits, for Cock. It's all of that. A million words to say things are bad. (laughs) But But there's there's not a single word for you know for you know saying. There's there's noises uh, though too. Yeah, there's noises. I have to to add the the repertoire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's not even the expressions, like the silent ones for like the mute juice. You know, the one word nachas is like a word for happiness. Nachas. I get nachas from you. Oh. That sounds joy. that sounds a little dirty. It sounds like titties. I know. Yeah. Well, it's, Have you yeah. seen my knockers? <laughs> my knockers. Exactly. Oh. It sounds like something. Fra- it's like Young Frankenstein. Yeah, Mel Brooks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to show you all of our knockers tonight. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. That's <laughs> I'm paid. Oh, excuse Ooh, wow. us. Oh, wow. My knockers. <laughs> I think I think I got a twenty. Oh. <laughs> uh, no. Will that work? You He's a grabby award well, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I usually get tipped. You can I bring it on. No, I know. I was like, what can I see for $20? He's a grabby award winner. Hello. Show us your knock best. Show us your knock best. Did we meet at the Grabbies? Have we met at the Grabbies? We have met a couple of times. A couple of times. Okay. I thought so. Back thought. in Fort Worth, probably 
early maybe 2010. Oh my god, yeah, I remember that. In fact, you guys I, have a picture together. We do. I'm so sorry. Yeah, oh. we met before there was a Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Right? We he met. Was, at, he was uh, a Mouseketeer. Over at from now. <laughs> over now at, you look over at, at uh, yeah. uh, uh, Fabrice uh, New Year's Eve party. We oh my god, we were bit. there and, and David Hamon. Yeah, we oh, and then Megan walked in, and then Sharon was just throwing shade. I knew I knew you. These people are, and I just didn't. Of course, you're Wesley Woods. I had wait. You were stand up. You were doing stand up, and we were gonna do something, or you were gonna. I was gonna pick your brain. Yeah, and it never happened. No, well, and I didn't get to pick anything of yours. Let it heal. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna pick his brain, but let it heal a little bit. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I knew I knew you. I couldn't figure out why. This is exciting in Yiddish. This is you made a shidach. Why does everything sound? You know, it sounds vaguely obscene. Yes. Uh, Yeah, and in that case, kind of scatty. It's a shidach is, is bop, bop, a, bop, bop. not that kind of an arranged <laughs> marriage matchmaker matchmaker yes. she made shidachs that was her profession uh, so it's a shidach here we've we've uh, suddenly we have a meeting of the minds you did hairspray <laughs> I want to see you play Golda in 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 uh-huh. fiddle and roof I think we're Talk, there interrupt the fags anytime <laughs> <laughs> he's just like what is happening he's he's gonna drive straight go to a right strip ahead. club and just be like where's the buffet <laughs> <laughs> like, I need some wings like, at the strip really? club <laughs> where's the football football anachas for our audio listeners I can't see the beauty that's in this room check out our video stream on Facebook and now we are on the Hillcrest social app with all of our On The Rocks video and you can stream it for free. Download the app on iPhone and Android. Today they have tons of concert giveaways, product giveaways, tickets every week so check it out. My mom, Mama Rose, is in the chat room on Facebook and on UBNRadio.com. Keep her busy. Ask her questions. She's done research on all that. It'll keep her sober. God, we have. <laughs> She'll be the one. That's yeah, not, that's Shh. not true. <laughs> well, yeah. that, you've seen my mom that's out misleading. and about. Oh, that's God. misleading. Your mom is the one that was drunk halfway through what movie? <laughs> Schindler's List. It was real fun. <laughs> She's like, "What a riot!" No. Appropriate. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect. Knock us to everybody. But did she go to the sing along Schindler's List? Hollywood Bowl. It was, it was amazing. Oh, what a night! <laughs> oh, what a night! That is so disrespectful, Bad. you guys. I, we're not. Especially I'm, in today's. <laughs> political climate I'm we do not mean not any disrespect <laughs> uh, thank you to Tony yeah. Tony's running our boards wearing his lesbian Halloween costume already thank you so much for joining us today <laughs> uh, do you want to hang out uh, with the show On the Rocks is out and about Palm Springs LGBT Film Festival I will be on hand for the film festival September 21st through the 24th uh, there's a series of great films come see me I'm introducing films I'm doing uh, panels I'm doing question and answers and I'm live streaming from the parties I'm yeah. nervous about that because it's open bar I'll be there it'll be fun oh you will be there I'm in two of the movies Oh, that's right. They're showing one from 10 years ago called Laugh Out Loud, which is about oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if I'm going to be doing any of the panels. He's going to be like, I okay. quit now. No, I don't know. I don't know what the panels are, but the other movie is a documentary about Alan Carr, who produced the first Oscar yeah. show. That uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm in that one also. I thought Perfect. you were going to well, say Get there. Bruce was being screened again. No, that you know, no, it's too it's too available on Netflix. <laughs> That's right. Well, for yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. who haven't seen it, so we have our guest on Bruce Valanche tonight. Like, you have to watch the documentary about him. Yes, because it's, it's it, pretty funny. It's amazing. It is. I yeah. mean, it is. My mother's st- my mother and Robin Williams, both of whom, <laughs> by the way, are gone, <laughs> are the stars of the movie. Yeah. And I kind of tag along. It's a, yeah. it's a funny. It's a it's deconstruction a really of comedy. Wonderful documentary. Yeah. Now, okay, just, just a little side business. What hotel are they putting you in? Uh, well, I don't know if I wish to reveal it to all of America. 
<laughs> oh, that's right. The Bond Court. Oh, so chic. You know, I don't want Mama Rose coming and blocking <laughs> my like, ass. Where's Ruth? Do you know how excited she was that you're coming on the show? So she's in the chat room, and she's ready to just answer questions oh, yeah, about okay. you. She's been a fan of yours uh, since since day one, since Mahogany. I don't know where we're staying, but I, I have a feeling it's it's either clothing optional or it will be when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> that a boy. I don't know. Is, is the Ritz-Carlton clothing optional? <laughs> I think I'm staying... <laughs> I think I'm staying in a trailer in Indio. That's where that's where I think oh, they're, they're, they're putting me. Shan Carr's house. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come I'll see stay me. With Shan. Come hang out. <laughs> come hang out with me and Bruce at the film festival. We will be there. Also, Halloween 12 is coming up Friday, October 27th at the Belasco in Los Angeles. Beautiful space. Uh, beautiful people. Beautiful space uh, that we're going to massacre that night. It's one of the hottest okay. Halloween parties to go to. I'm going to be doing live stream interviews with the celebrities that are coming, and we're going to be doing roaming interviews. And I believe, uh, hello, sir. Oh, hi. 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 I believe I'm going to be joined by Mr. Wesley Woods for yes. that night. Yes. We're, th- we're trying to think of like a, a, a costume yes. thing to do. Yes. So send your oh, yes. suggestions to info Good at idea. On The Rocks Radio Show. And because I'm like, you know, we, there's the typical things that we could do. I want to be Cat Dog. What the hell is that? Cat dog. Cat, cat dog. dog. Yeah, a confused I, pet. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think I'm the only one, other person knows that knows what, cat what dog that is. What, is it like a youngin' thing? It's like a cartoon yeah. kind of. Like um yeah cartoon cat dog all right yeah well, which one am I um you're probably more of the cat mm. I don't know what that means but I don't like it wow. <laughs> anyway come see me in Halloweeny also Palm Springs Pride I am the official uh, MC for Palm Springs Pride uh, two days on the main stage literally wow. ten hours on the main stage I get one hour break right by the bars uh, it's the first weekend of November make your travel plans and hotel plans early come hang out with me uh, also plan your vacation. I am the anchor for International Bear Convergence in Palm Springs at the end of February. <laughs> They're building an On the Rocks poolside cabana, and I'm going to be filming with Bear World TV, celeb it's ba- interviews. It's a bear convergence? I don't know what I'm going to... Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm part of the... But I've only gone to, like, one bear event. Anyway, I will be there all weekend. <laughs> celeb interviews, games, fashion shows, everything you want, uh, and a bevy of familiar faces from On the Rocks, actually. Mr. Woods, you're going to make uh, an appearance? Bear, yep. Anyway, like us on Twitter and Instagram at On The Rocks On Air, on the web, on the rocksradioshow.com, and send me an email. Book me for a wedding, funeral, quinceanera, bris, I don't care. I'll be there for your nachas fiesta. <laughs> send me an email right, to right, info right. at show.com. Phew. That was a lot to say. All right, now I can take a sip. Wow. You guys carry the show for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's out. Yes, wow. I'm out. Incredible. Telethon Hurricane Harvey. More plugs than Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> oh! oh! Nachas! So we, we have to drink to that. Yes. <laughs> Every time he does a zinger, we're going to do a nachas. Ooh, y'all are going to be wasted. Yes. <laughs> What's so different? I'm, I'm glad the vodka's right here. It, it is. Me. It is. <laughs> Don't show the label. They haven't sponsored us yet. Oops. The check hasn't cleared. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's already it's, getting the giggles. It's vodka from Hillcrest. Yes. <laughs> no, that was the last one. Oh, sorry. Their check didn't uh, bounce. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Michael Ferreira, welcome back to the show, my co-host for tonight. Longtime friend and leader in the nonprofit world, founder of LifeWorks Mentoring, uh, the leading LGBT youth program that's now at the Los Angeles LGBT Center and currently executive director of the AIDS Monument going into West Hollywood Park, currently ruining pool time for a lot of gays. They're so <laughs> upset. Uh, I joke, but uh, this mega monument uh, has many facets. It's a memoriam to those that we've lost uh, to HIV and AIDS. It's educational to future generations and a showcase for artists. I'm so proud of, of your work. Um, in addition, you have a keen inside view of the entertainment industry. You've literally seen every Broadway show, and I'm not exaggerating, <laughs> every major concert person from Barry Manilow to Cher to Bette Midler 
to uh, even people I haven't heard of. <laughs> <laughs> even cat people dog. I haven't heard of. Cat, cat dog. dog. Cat dog. Cat dog. Cat dog at the Winter Garden. What I'm getting night. notes. Yeah. <laughs> cat dog at the, at the Winter, winter Garden. <laughs> what a night. It's the what sequel. <laughs> exactly. The ice is old act, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we tried yes, not, we tried Mama, not to mention dog. that. Mama, it's catchy dog. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, but I also know, and we have some pictures, you've hobnobbed with the cast of Will and Grace at actually uh-huh. one of your events, a yeah. fundraiser for the AIDS Monument. Um, so let's, what do we think about the reboot of Will and Grace? Daniel, you have to at least know what Will and Grace is. Yes, I know the concept of it. You're, you're like, <laughs> Grace, the concept. You're like, Grace is really hot. I liked how he did that. You know, yes. Clearly he's media trained. <laughs> he, he is. He is. LivingLifeDaniel.com. There you go. There yeah. he is. Um, he's going to be, he's, you're going to be on extra. You're going to replace Mario Lopez. I just know it one day. Well, I hope so. And you're going to be like, I started on On the Rocks. At least better looking, though. At least better looking. <gasps> Ooh, Ooh them's so. fighting words. Mm. I'm, I'm you don't have dimples. I, At I least not on your dimples. cheeks. Okay. I got biceps, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got arms. <laughs> I'm seated near them. Yes. <laughs> you have to do that Rocky Horror His eyes thing. are up when here. You say, when he says biceps like Rocky Horror, he has to put it up there. Yes. That's yeah. a good thing. Uh, yes. You say biceps without putting it up there. Yes. So like biceps? Oh, yeah, my. There you go. Oh. Right? Oh, Rocky. This is Bruce, not an open carry steak. Put those guns away. <laughs> Bruce, I have, I have even more of a respect for you right now because I thought you were going to fall off your chair. <laughs> and you didn't. <laughs> now it would be difficult. <laughs> we put seat <laughs> Wow, we put seatbelts on this. <laughs> but open topic, just to get things rolling. Are we excited about the reboot of Will and Grace? I have to say, for me personally, not so much because no reboot has really been successful in the last four years. Discuss. Except for one day at a time. Well, sort of. But it wasn't really yeah, exactly. a reboot. It's not that funny. It was a remake. You know what I think about it is, is that if it wasn't for those four people on the show, I would be more worried. Um, but it's like a reunion. Everybody looks older. They're less funny, and they're more boring. No. And then they I, did. I'm but so then excited. they did the Hillary Clinton thing. You saw the Hillary Clinton thing, right? Oh, don't do that to me. No, no, no. I mean, the, the, that was the, funny the, though. When the when the cast did that Hillary Clinton thing, I mean, that was original. It was. That's what got the reboot booked. Yeah. Because it was yeah. just for that. Because right. it was hilarious. So I don't know. It was I a mean, little forced, to be honest. But you're right. I mean, it's more likely that it won't succeed than it will. But are we excited though? Yes. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to watch them carry on again. Yeah. Yeah. And see what they do with them. If uh, they've evidently erased the last year or the yeah, last so they're friends. Bobby Carnival is back. Leslie Jordan's back because he blabbed his mouth before he was supposed to. <laughs> right, so yeah. we know that. Good for him. <laughs> yes. If you have a secret, never cast Leslie Jordan because it was <laughs> when I interviewed him. He talked about Lady Gaga being on uh, American Horror Story, and it hadn't even like. <laughs> Whatever, Leslie. I used to watch Will and Grace um, back home. If you say in school, I'm going to kill you. Well, when I was growing up and like I didn't know what gay was and I was like secretly having to watch it and, you know, not have anyone find out that I was watching anything with gay characters. And so, oh, Will really? And, yeah, Will and Grace like, oh, helped me come to terms with mm-hmm. my sexuality. You were gay from the womb. You, you saw a doctor. You're like, doctor. Yeah, I didn't know what it was, though. <laughs> not until I had a lick and a stick. Oh, oh okay. Classy. iHeartRadio. Anyway. Bruce, what do you, I mean, I, I think the question that I would ask you is, as the, the resident expert in humor. No, but I mean, <laughs> did Will and Grace change the way we joked as gay people? Uh, that's a very good question. I don't know if it changed the way we joked. I mean, it, it, it took it into the mainstream, that, and, and, and it was post-Ellen, so it, yeah. it uh, 
it made it. Uh, it was very cleverly calibrated so that uh, a mainstream audience could would would get it. Yeah. I mean, it was called Will and Grace. It was not <laughs> called Will and Harold. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was carefully organized so that there would be there were two sort of relatively normal people and two outrageous people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think a lot of uh, a lot of people enjoyed it for that reason because it was kind of like over the top and it, it gave everybody an opportunity to see to see the whole spectrum. Sort of, mm -hmm. and uh, um, I don't know if it, if it changed the way. The way I mean, what was the question originally? Did <laughs> was did it change the way that we joked as gay people? I mean, no, like, I don't. Th I don't no. think so. But I, I think it was. Uh, I think it, it was like everything else in you know in the gay world. The more visibility that we have, mm -hmm. the, the 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 closer we get to being uh, equal citizens with everybody else in the world, mm -hmm. and that was uh, certainly a big step. I mean, when they when people could watch it every week and enjoy it and, and realize that uh, these were. Gay people, but they were not from Mars. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that was part of the the outing of of the gay community. I mean, more important was people turning to their their relatives and their coworkers and saying, "By the way, I'm gay." Mm -hmm. I mean, because that put a real face on it for for people. But uh, certainly on a on a media level, absolutely, it, it changed the way we we looked. Other people looked at things. Yeah. Changed the way other people looked, not the way we looked necessarily. Yeah. But. It's yeah. funny because the straight people I knew at the time when it first came out, and I was in Orange County at the time, and so it was conservative. They looked at me like, "Why aren't you that funny?" And I was like, "Wow, God, <laughs> nice." <laughs> I'm not a good gay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, also returning the show we have tonight is comic and award-winning adult performer Wesley Woods. I get so much inappropriate email regarding you. Uh, keep uh, it classy, you people. You should see my inboxes. Well, well, we've all seen your inbox. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you just came back from Southern Decadence. What is Southern Decadence? And keep it, it is keep a it family circuit friendly. party. Is that all it is? I mean, that's all I saw. Mm. But is, isn't it a celebration of equality? Rah rah. I mean, no. Okay. Isn't every Friday night? <laughs> it's a circuit, but it's New Orleans for yeah. God's sake. It's There's New drinking Orleans. 24 hours a yeah. day. I mean, it's like you know, six months from Mardi Gras, six months to Mardi Gras. So totally, it's, it's always Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah, so it's an excuse to have another Mardi Gras. Yeah, but it's right. funny because your fans get to meet you and 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 talk with you and 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 all that. Did you have fun? Well, I was there for filming, and so I didn't actually partake in any of the events, um, um, except for the one that I was hired to do at Mother Tucker's, which is now closed. You closed it down? Wow. I mean, it, it only lasted three days. What mm. happened? Um, well, let's just say that you reap what you sow. Is that a, a Harvey reference, or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I didn't, I didn't do anything, so I, I'm not the right one to ask. I don't party, uh -huh. I don't drink, so I just filmed and hung out in my room. Which I love that you're part of the show because you know it's on the rocks and celebrities and cocktails, but we have a number of sober people that are on the show. Thank God, because you drive me home. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's you know it's it's all fun and games, but you know we need to keep it together. I mean, do what you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't fault you for being messy. I have been to jail many of times, so. Well, to film. Um, but, <laughs> no, but we're going to talk about this. In fact, that wasn't a real jail. Yeah. No, <laughs> it was. That was just a room in Chatsworth. <laughs> Done up as a jail. <laughs> I feel like Chatsworth needs to have like an amusement park, like vivid, you know. And see, and see, that's where I go as far as drinking. I'm like drinking jail, like so. It's probably why I don't drink anymore. Well, and we're going to talk about this and more. Uh, we can announce that you and I are starting a spinoff show. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a video show weekly uh, called He Said He Said because you and I, as we think, oh, we're both gay, blah blah blah. We differ on pretty much everything. everything. 
Everything. And like vehemently. Yeah. So we're going to talk about sobriety. But I'm always which... right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> was that uh, a preview? I think that was a preview. Yes. No, but we're going to talk about sobriety because I feel people that are sober, just like vegans, how do you know they're sober? Because they tell you about it every goddamn minute, right? <laughs> I don't know, do I? <laughs> <laughs> no, you just do some uh, sober, drunk, shaming post, but that's all, but we'll talk about it. Oh, that's not meant for you, but if it's talking to you, <laughs> then it is. Oh, inspired so by deep. you, but not about you. Everything is not about you. This fall on Bear World TV, <laughs> he said, he said. <laughs> but you know, what you have to understand is the people who are sober, before they were sober, their entire life was revolving around their drinking and using. Oh, for sure. And then when they get sober, their entire life revolves around their not drinking and using because that's what an obsessive comp- compulsive personality is like. It's their new addiction. Right? That's yeah. what I would say. Sobriety is and your after, new addiction. After a while, they get you know they're on what's called the pink cloud for a while because they're just so happy that they're not that they're functioning in the world and not drinking and using. And after you know it, it damps down after a while because they integrate integrate it into the their rest of their life. But for a while, yeah, sure. But it's, they have the same intensity towards their sobriety that they had towards their drinking and using. Huh. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about... You were busy drinking and using. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I never actually and, thought. And that, no, but yeah, yeah. Well, you other world. That was actually a brilliant way of explaining that. Thank you very much. I mean, it really so was. very welcome. We don't do I'll brilliant here, just so you know. We're with the vodka here. Let's pass the vodka over to Bruce. I'm also... Uh, I'm just trying to be dazzling, so the straight guy will leave with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kevin Sparkle from the chat room uh, stated that Will and Grace reboot has already uh, picked up another season without even premiering. Yay! Yeah. Yes. Oh, you know what? And if I may share, I we got gifted from the show for the AIDS mm-hmm. Monument a two tickets to go yeah. to watch the taping of the show so we added a hotel stay and, a, and an airfare to right. it and we got $20,000 for that wow Twenty thousand. Yeah. I think it's worth it though because you're being of part of, of TV yeah. history yeah. and to be thank in you Max thank you Max Max Muxnick. and David are very yes. very they're, thank you Max they've always been very active that way yeah I mean even when the show was on the air they were I mean a lot of benefits where uh, we'd call them up and we'd say Give, can we do a walk on you yeah. know where, where people will pay a lot of money just oh, to yeah, stand absolutely. behind Sean Hayes yeah, yeah. To, you know to, to check his his ass but at the same time <laughs> uh, just be, just to be in the scene you know yeah. want, and and it, it got a lot of money for a lot of good clothes. yeah Max Metzger is a very yeah he's thank very you good so to much the community even yeah. though he won't let me on set anymore <clears throat> <laughs> thank you so much stood, I wonder why <laughs> that's because you stood behind him in that in that Trump Hillary moment well I am a blouse. I'm a feminine top. <laughs> Just more stuff for Daniel's eyes to glaze over. We also have another comment in the chat room that, yes, the initial season was extended by a few episodes because they saw the early scripts and, and all that. Uh, all right. Also, Thank you. Thank you, Kevin Spreckelberg. Yes. Oh, we have Transformation Tuesday. Wesley, um, you know how I'm a stalker. Oh we have a picture God. of you as a child. Where? It looks like a movie poster of oh. uh, Children <laughs> of the Corn. Well, <laughs> where yeah. where are you, Malachi? <laughs> that is in um, the front pasture at my parents' house where I grew up. That's my oldest brother on the left. He is the one that ended up playing football in the NFL. And that's my younger brother on the right, who is a pastor and does missionary work. <gasps> How does that work with the family? How's Thanksgiving? Um, we don't go. I don't go home for Thanksgiving. Oh. Christmas. Oh. Jesus's birthday. Because, you know, I got to show up and send a little. <laughs> you show up in like Daisy Dukes and like a boa. What's <laughs> for dinner? <laughs> I want have, the dark meat. We have themed Christmas parties at, at my parents' house every year. This Can I year. go with you next year? <laughs> yes. 
You're like, no Mexicans allowed unless they're serving the order. <laughs> Cocktail weenies and crescent you rolls. You said it, not me. Yes, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, creepy. But yes, that's in back at my parents' house. Well, happy Transformation Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think everyone grows up eventually. All right, before we get down and dirty with our... Uh, in-depth interview with Mr. Valanche, part of Hollywood royalty. Um, new to our On The Rocks family is travel blogger, Instagrammer, and YouTuber Daniel Pyre. Uh, Daniel is joining the show today from Palm Springs. You happen to be in town doing a photo shoot today. Um, and you're starting your own website. Like Everything's starting for you. But you've had like a lot of Instagram followers from like your college days and, and, and all that. Yes. Uh, I started my uh, Instagram when I was a freshman, and it just grew to over 160,000 over the four years, and I'm trying to s still expand it, I guess. I can't think why it, it grew so fast. <laughs> 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 but you share a, a lot from Don't your daily. Don't anybody say what you're thinking. I know, because yeah, we right. all thought it. We all thought it. It's an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> they grow fast. <laughs> but you post so much, and I want to know, like, how much time is actually spent Instagramming? And you're literally sharing the coffee you drink when you wake up, your, your gym routine. Doesn't that get... I mean, doesn't that get a little boring to like have to always be? And I've never seen you with a blemish. I've never seen you with a bad hair day. I've never seen you in a bad mood. You're always on. Um, well, I mean, it's, it, it is difficult to be on all the time because, I mean, sometimes it's like, oh, like I need to do this a little bit fake even though I'm feeling sick. But a lot of times I'm just like, yeah, I'm feeling sick. sick. Um, so this is why I'm all nasally or, or something like that. But I like being social with people because you can communicate with people across the world. And I think that's an amazing thing you can do. It's so funny. And Bruce, I want you to talk about this is what stardom means today. You know, being a star in the old days was like really hard. You had to be like in a major motion picture or a movie magazine had to write about you. And now people are stars on social media, mm -hmm. which is good and bad because then we can have a star who who is, is from like the Midwest or, or whatever. But it's like, what does stardom mean now and how has it changed over the years? What do you think about social media stars? Well, there used there were always were celebrities. There were people who never really did anything, but they were famous for being famous. Bianca Jagger is my famous my favorite <laughs> oh, example. Yeah, right. Bianca Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, she was married to Mick Jagger. She didn't do anything. She was from I think Nicaragua. She came from a, a good wealthy family. She married Mick, and she was with him all all around. And she became famous for being famous. Um, but there weren't many of her. I mean, even the Gabor sisters acted in movies, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, right. they—that's they, a perfect example of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were—they were, but they were more famous for being famous than they were for their, I mean, their their uh, picture performances. So, uh, but it used to be actually tied to something, generally something that was a revenue stream. Now it, it's. Uh, uh, started with reality. I mean, the Kardashians made a fortune being Kardashians. Yeah. And uh, and now you can you, you can be become famous for a minute for going leave Britney alone. <laughs> well, he's really turned that into What has he turned that into? Shout out to Chris Crocker. Yeah. He's Chris become like Crocker. a voice for the LGBT he has community. A bank now? <laughs> I, I I think he did like a porn scene too. 
Well, of course. Yeah, I, I think mean, so. Oh, that's in reverse. Usually, people start with a porn scene. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, Paris Hilton. Exactly. I'm a DJ. It's not even plugged in, and she's the, like, uh, the entire I love Kardashian empire started with a porn scene. Yeah, so no. Daniel, so you have that to fight against. What I love about you and in, in the time that we've known each other is you really work as a business person. You understand the business part of it as well as I know when I need to flex, I know when I need to put my fitness routine on and all that. But you have to also fight against that stigma about being a social media star. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's he's he's a blonde, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you have to work against that. How how does how how do you deal with that? Um I mean, a lot of people like when they just talk to me realize that, oh, wow, this like guy does actually talk to people and he's like genuinely smart so i don't like people assume i'm like this dumb blonde kid to begin with but then once they actually communicate with me then it's another story and they're like oh wow like i'll continue to talk to them and that's why my following um through direct messaging has increased like by 300 percent over this last like couple months and you motivate people too like you inspire people with fitness and 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 all that. What are some of the weird comments that you get? Because we all get weird comments. Uh, I wish I got more weird comments. <laughs> yeah, I'll send a few anonymously. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be from Nachas Double O Seven. I think the weirdest comments in general have uh, people call me daddy, and I don't daddy know, daddy. <laughs> And it's so weird because I'm 22, and it's just like, well, when that like make me your son or something, I don't know. <laughs> so that's like the the weird one that people, a lot of people send me. But I mean, other than that, it's just the general like, hey, sexy, or like the ones in like foreign languages. I don't know what they're saying, so it could be something completely really rude. But I just respond with a smiley face, anyways, just to respond. So I could be doing something really bad that I don't know what, what I'm doing but um, other than that not too much <laughs> all right your face never hurt <laughs> yeah, I know. so you're joining the show you're gonna be sending us travel clips because you travel so much and you get to see a lot of uh, fun things which people can see on your YouTube channel also your website livinglifedaniel.com um, what are some travel tips you have for, for us um, so my first travel tip would be to travel light um, in the next but you're a, like a model. You probably like have ten outfits f- per day. See, but like my my gym shorts are short shorts, so that takes up very little. Oh, are space. they hadn't noticed? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you just wear one pair of shoes, and I mean, you bring some shirts, and I mean, you just bring more shorts, I guess, for wherever you're going. So what if I, you have like an evening engagement? I mean, I love I, that, that your whole suitcase is filled with like gym clothes, and mine is like. I didn't hear. I didn't hear any underwear. <laughs> I don't think he was. <laughs> Have you seen his Instagram? I don't think that's that's part of the package. But, but it, <laughs> that is the package. <laughs> Classy. Sorry, mom. Um, but I mean, if you're ever going somewhere, you're gonna buy stuff anyway. So I mean, if you do want to go, if you do like, I'm uh, in a couple weeks. I'm going to Wisconsin. I know I'm going to buy some more clothes wherever I go. So, I mean, it's not like I'm not going to have clothes to wear or I can't go to laundromat or something like that. So, travel light would be my first thing that I would recommend. Um, the second thing would be bring a smartphone. This is because if you go to, like, Europe or anything like that, like, you don't have any way to communicate to, like, anyone if you don't speak the language. So, like... You can't go on a grinder. You can't. Exactly. Oh, sorry, Tinder. Tinder, yes. Bumblebee. <laughs> Isn't that what you people use? Bumble, yes. That's Bumble. What, that's, Bumble. That's what Bumble. Bumble. Yeah. That's Bumble. 
God, that was the shampoo I used to use. <laughs> Bumble. 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 They were British. They were Bumble and Bumble. I know. Yeah. Now and now they're what they're in the shidduch business. Is this <laughs> the They've moved on to making matches. Bumble. Yes, they have. They've evolved. They've, they have, they have evolved. evolved. <laughs> All right. So bring a smartphone and gym shorts. Um. Uh, take videos instead of photos that is like the biggest thing because now with like uh the new iphone they take uh what is it photo live or whatever it is yeah and, and it does you, like the moments yeah and you like to see the moments of what happened and not the actual pictures so like if you want to show a friend like this really cool picture it's just like oh well like where's the rest of the photo and it, with a video you can show them it so that's like my one of my other ones um third or fourth one is spl- Sorry, you're going to. He's drunk already off of the water. (laughs) Uh, You're going to spend a lot more money than you plan on, so always just plan on spending more. I mean, strippers. Yep, Vegas. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) don't look at me. I don't strip. (laughs) I didn't look at you. It was the early comment about me saying twenty dollars. Yeah. With my luck, I would finally get a stripper, and then you would walk in and I'd be like, "Want to watch a movie?" Um, and then the last one would ju- just be spon- be spontaneous. I mean, if you want to go somewhere, just go do it. I mean, there's a lot of the um, a big YouTube channel that for Nike uh, said um, I went to the airport and booked the first plane that w- was there and just had the best time of my life and spent all of Nike's an- or ad campaign money basically on traveling. That's what he did, and it's like w- having those cool moments by just being spontaneous. I, I would have to second that. I've gone to Europe a few times, and I've gone with an ex-boyfriend who had every minute planned and all the places to see and all that, and it took all the fun from it. Yeah, it does. Then I went back the <laughs> next time, and I went to Paris, and we were in the hotel room for two days with the Louvre in the background, and that was better than any tour I could have taken. the Louvre? Oh, the Louvre. Oh, the Spunk museum. Louvre, our sponsor. That's yes. the sponsors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Uh, so where can our listeners find you? Where can they see your fitness and, and travel tips? Um, well, uh, a lot of my stuff is on uh, livinglifedaniel.com. I am coming out with a fitness plan soon. And um, uh, my Instagram is Daniel. And my YouTube channel is also Pyre Daniel. Like funeral pyre? I mean, like. P E Y E R. I didn't mean funeral. P E Y E R. Fire pyre. Um, you know, it's P E Y R E. It's like Meyer, but with a P. So P E Y E R. Oh, P. Oh, okay. Pyre. But you're going to be reporting into the show regularly from from your new place or wherever you are. And we're going to be doing some live streams from Palm Springs because you moved to Palm Springs, the land of gays and grays. What the hell are you doing in your free time? Uh, I am editing all these videos that I'm creating and putting on YouTube. Uh, It is taking up so much of my time. But, I mean, I love doing it. I love creating the material and... He's not even waiting for a minute. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that Daniel. Me. I just followed yeah. him. Pyre Daniel. Well, I appreciate the follow. How old were you? When I you, just figured, when you, you know, it was only polite. How old were you when you got your first uh, cell phone? Um, I was a freshman in high school. I got a prepaid phone. And I had a beeper in college. Well, well, we know all about him, but we didn't. Uh. <laughs> He's at San Quentin now. But <laughs> no, I'm t- I was just curious because you're of that generation that, that doesn't do anything without taking a picture of it. Um, no, I, I was ex- or well, I was uh, born in Wisconsin, uh, and I was very deprived of technology. Uh, it wasn't until I think I was uh, a freshman in high school we actually got better internet than dial-up. 
So what is <laughs> yeah. it? Two thousand or what was it? Right. Two thousand ten. We just upgraded past dial-up. Ah. And so I mean that's. Anyway, on that note, uh, thank you so much for joining <laughs> the show and making us all feel bad. <laughs> wow. In 2010, you, everything just froze for you. When yes. yes. Like, Jurassic Park, no, 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 no. Put me in amber. I'm ready to be recreated. It was a sad, pity the poor cheese head. It was a sad story. Sat in Wisconsin, you know, saying, I don't know what Green Bay is doing this week. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have internet. Now is I can it, find Is that it. a bowling team? I don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> yes. The Packers are a bowling team. Sometimes. sometimes, depending on how they're playing. Yeah, sometimes just a bowling team. All right, we're going to take a, a look at some moments that we can expect for you uh, from you on the show, uh, video-wise. And when we come back, it's all Bruce. Take it away. Good Lord. So that's what we can expect from an Instagram or YouTube personality, some of those videos. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your life. And I love that you bridge the gap because I know you have a lot of gay fans and you're totally cool with it. You know. I am. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I love that. How cool. Uh. No. <laughs> no, no, boo-boo. All right. A little glimpse as, as, at what's coming up. Next. I'll, I'll sick James Woods on you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. We have, we have a joke about that coming up. I'll bet you do. Yes. Is <laughs> that shade? No, <laughs> no. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you know. yes, he's our shady moment of the week. Actually, exactly it's what they right. call fertile ground. Hey, really? Oh, he's been infertile for years, his, or his career has. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not another uh, joke for the Oscars. Next Are we year, sensitive I guess. about James Woods? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Okay, <laughs> Next week we have Melissa Peterman, uh, Tony. Yay. Yes, I love her. She's oh, great. she's oh, so great she's from great. Reba and Crybaby. Yeah. Also, she's joining Tony Award winner Marissa Winokur, which you will have performed with. And Winokur, Winokur, don't mispronounce it in her presence. Winokur, or she will sock you. And believe me, she's got a powerful punch. <laughs> Marissa Jarrett Winokur. Winokur. I did hairspray with her too. Winokur. Yes. Winokur. Winokur. Write it down. So she's she's on the show uh, with Melissa next week, also with ER's Gloria Rubin, because oh, uh, wow. she's promoting her 54 Below. I didn't ever knew if she was a singer. She's doing a Motown concert. Really? So she's Skyping in. She's not oh. here. But we have Melissa and Marissa here. Um, you're going to be <laughs> back. Also, we're being joined next week by Golden Girls writer Stan Zimmerman, which you did the Silver yes, Fox. Yes, I did with Melissa Peterman. She's yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And George Takei was there, too. Certainly. My husband. 
He played my <laughs> husband. Oh God, he's a lot to handle. Yeah. <laughs> Between the two of you, I don't, I don't oh know. My. Like, uh, oh my! It's the second time he played my husband. He played my husband, and you don't mess with the Zohan. Oh, that's oh right. My Lord, that's it's right. Only from yes. one scene towards oh the end. That's right. You should me get and, some alimony from George, that. Dave <laughs> Matthews of the Dave Matthews Band, and yeah. a whole bunch of uh, beagle puppies. Wow! It was a brilliant. Cat dogs. It was a fabulous cat dog, cat dog cat could dog. not make it. <laughs> cat dog. But Dave, we, we Dave had, Matthews we was had a nice addition. Puppies instead, it was a great moment in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's next week. Also upcoming is our Halloween kickoff show with Sci-Fi Van Helsing's Alex uh, Panovic, who is so sexy. He was also in War for Planet of the Apes. Sexy psychic Scott Cruz featured in the Housewives of Orange County, and you're bringing your friend Ryan. <laughs> Right. Yes, Ryan's coming from Jeepers Creepers Three. Yeah, Jeepers. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Jeepers Creepers Three. I thought you knew his last name. Okay. Anyway, Jeepers Creepers <laughs> Three, and we also have the host of TLC's Kindred Spirits. Uh, they're a ghost hunting group, and one of them, one of the ghost hunters, is gay. So, gay ghost boo. Also coming back, uh, Ileana Douglas is coming back to talk about her new series on Turner Classic Movies, women in filmmaking from the beginning. Also returning, I don't know how we're going to deal with this, MJ Javid from Shaws of Sunset is coming back <laughs> to talk about the reunion. What, what? That's all coming up. All righty, let me formally introduce our guest. Uh-oh. Yes. Are you ready? We should have music. Yeah, we're, well, Tony? we're going to no, have a, applause, yes. <laughs> Soundtrack to Schindler's List. Anyway, a Jersey boy raised by a showgirl mother uh, with an early career in modeling. Six-time Emmy Award winner Bruce Valanche is a legend in the entertainment industry with an Oscar-worthy performance in Diana Ross's Mahogany and a Golden Globe-worthy performance in TV movie. It nearly wasn't Christmas. He has been the funny behind the industry's biggest names. As Bette Midler put it, he put the first things in her mouth that made money. Um, <laughs> made us both money. Made both money. Uh, he was responsible for her Sophie Tucker jokes at the beginning of her career. Also, uh, her Vegas show, sitcom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Long, long-running friendship, uh, and the rest is history. Bruce wrote for the Donnie and Marie show, cult yeah. favorite, the Brady Bunch oh, Variety Hour, amazing. and of course the Star Wars Holiday Special. He provided <laughs> material for Richard Pryor, Lily Tomlin, Joan Rivers, just to name a small, a small brunch. Uh, Valanche began. That was a fun brunch. Uh, Yes. I can imagine I was there. Uh, He he began contributing to the Academy Award uh, telecast in 1989, collaborating with the likes of Billy Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg, and David Letterman, um, and has written regularly for the Grammys, the Tonys, the Emmys. He has roasted celebrities like Elizabeth Taylor, (laughs) Dame Elizabeth Taylor, and President Clinton. The Whoopi connection uh, led to the reboot of Hollywood Squares, which I watched every single day, Mm -hmm. uh, becoming the Paul Lind reincarnation, kind of. Yes, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, there it was. Uh, Yes. My Liza impression is the same as my Paul Lind impression. It's like, yeah, oh my. Uh, His one-man off-Broadway show, Bruce Almost Famous, was a critic and fan favorite. Uh, Bruce had to shave his signature beard for his role in Hairspray um, as Edna Turnblad, by the Mm. way, which we have some footage of from the Ryan Seacrest show, speaking of Ryan Seacrest. (gasps) Bruce's Rolodex reads like a Hollywood's it list for the Church of Scientology. It's (laughs) A-listers all around. After a brief titter titter. <laughs> Twitter feud with James Franco over his lackluster Oscar hosting performances. The two are now rumored to be lovers. Uh, Bruce is an avid activist and supports a number of organizations. Let's get the biggest applause for Hollywood Woo-hoo. legend Bruce wow. Valanche. Thank you. And I could, before before we actually start with Bruce, I have yeah. to interject 
that after that long list of accolades, I have to give you my own personal accolade, which meant I saw Hello Dolly just a month ago because Bruce got me a ticket. <laughs> it's true. Bruce! I, he, I broke down. He made a phone call. Me. He got me a ticket to go see Bette Midler in Hello Dolly. I wish you'd have rewritten that script. Of, one From of the seminal experiences of my life. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I pulled a string. He's, he's, <laughs> not only, he's not only talented, but he's a very, very, very good friend. And a longtime mm-hmm. supporter. So, Bruce, I just want to set the scene for our in-depth interview. There are tons of interviews on YouTube, and you've been on so many shows because you're so gracious to share your time with people. So many interviews are about... What do you think of this person? Or how is this person? How is this person? Mm-hmm. This interview is about you. Oh. I want to know. What do I think of me? <laughs> oh I'm gorgeous. How did you I'm meet you? spectacular. <laughs> this fat queen won't shut up. What a, <laughs> not there, you, me. But there's so many questions. <laughs> You're not fat. <laughs> I'm Rubenesque. <laughs> <laughs> I was intended to be Jewish to be Rubenesque. <laughs> I just love that your early childhood, though, you were um, a child model for Lane I Bryant. Was a child model for, I was. And it's, I didn't I know was, Lane Bryant had boys' clothes. Well, you know, they they had you know, Lane Bryant, for those of you who uh, don't remember or never knew. Our family remembers. Okay, Lane Bryant was for the uh, for the forgotten woman. It was it was like, you know, <laughs> fat lady clothes. Husky. We say husky. Well, that was what the children were. Yes. Um, the uh, the they they had they marketed to to fat ladies and apparently there were not enough fat ladies so they decided <laughs> to market to fat children <laughs> and they and they called them huskies which is like yes. neither man nor boy is that Lane Bryant's but fault? You're a husky. I thought that was Levi's I thought it was J.C. Penney's because they used to have a sign that no, said husky no they all it's, did it it's very very old but, but Lane Bryant decided to to uh, uh, job onto it and they were going to start a, a husky division I mean actually actually. It was a kid. It was charming chubs. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yes, and it no. Beca- and then it became stylish stouts. Stylish, stylish stouts. stouts. That's but the name of my new band. Oh my really, lord! Really never went anywhere. And so we, there were two very uh, sort of like <laughs> ethnic translation, two two like fat Jewish boys, and a, a thin, or a thin shiksa, uh, which is a shiksa is a non-Jewish girl. Yes, but yeah. you only use it. A shiksa is a, uh, the word is only used when she decides she wants to marry a Jewish boy. Then suddenly she goes from being a lovely young lady to being that chick. So, because, you know, we're very protective of our culture. So, um, so the two of us and the thin, the thin blonde girl. The thin blonde girl was Carol Lindley at the time, who was... Um, uh, a starlet who became a movie star <laughs> yeah. for a, I mean and people and you probably remember her from the Poseidon Adventure I mean, yep. yeah, a, yeah, yeah, her yeah. most famous sure. thing after her star period in a movie called Blue Denim where she played a girl who got into trouble and you know, and had to see. She stubbed her toe. That's right. She yep. had to see a doctor. It was all code, you know. <laughs> Planned Parenthood, the early years, the prequel. That's right. So, uh, um, so that was what I did. I mean, I was uh, I was a model for this for this thing. I, and the the implication was, if you dressed your fat Jewish kid up in this, it, he would attract this woman. This girl, which of ah. course no Jewish mother wanted him to attract, <laughs> but they thought, well, he should at least look, you know, halfway decent. So it was, uh, it was a brief campaign, and it never, it never went. Into, and they discontinued the, the the youngsters line. I mean, I think that the marketing the idea was sound. It was like you know, these fat women are going to come and they're going to drag their kids shopping with them anyway because they're not going to leave them home alone. Yeah. So, but that's the might truth. as well uh, give a, mm-hmm. do a, you know put in a line for the kids and. But it didn't near pan out. 
But that's very true. I I've spent many hours in the Lane Bryant dressing rooms as my mom, you know, <laughs> yeah. paraded and you know, oh yeah, I mean, it was like hairspray before it was hairspray. I know, just sitting there, you know, painfully waiting for them, you know, looking at as they looked in mirrors. Yeah, and at Lane Bryant, the mirrors were all like funhouse mirrors. <laughs> that's exactly. It. It's like, oh my because God, you're Callista Flockhart on really, a good day. Exactly right. Yes. <laughs> right. But I, I, I'm really interested. You were raised by a showgirl mom. She kind of. She wasn't a professional showgirl. I mean, she wanted to be a showgirl. But she was, like, of the mindset. She was oh, like yeah. a mama rose. She wanted to be. No, she she wanted well, She wanted to be a showgirl, but she was not going to be that. I mean, she was too smart, and she knew that she didn't uh, really have it. For So she uh, married a doctor. And uh, an ophthalmologist, uh, an optometrist. He oh. wasn't. He, he he couldn't actually at the Trying time. Trying to make it more. The, the, I'm sorry. I would yeah. I would love him to. He would love to have been up, but he was. It was the depression. He couldn't afford to stay in college to get the MD. So he he became an optometrist, which is a, an OD, a separate degree that's not a medical school thing. So he became that, but did very well doing that. And uh, and she was a doctor's wife and very active in all of these charities. And did all the shows for them, and she appeared in all the shows. So that was kind of how she, you know, got off doing all of that kind of stuff. But she was stage struck, and so when I developed an interest in the, the theater, she was delighted because we had, you know, something to do. And my father loved musicals. He was a big, he was loved to watch the girls in musicals, and he would. Uh, um, we would, and he put money in them. He would invest in shows just so he could go to the opening night and, and you know, look at the girls. And my mother thought that was a great idea because she could, you know, look at all the famous people who were at the opening. <laughs> 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 so so I, my father, my mother, and I were very flamboyant and and big personalities. And my father was very scientific and and rigorous. And I think he got a kick out of the two of us. The, there were these two strange performing people living with him <laughs> uh, and so it, i was encouraged all along to you know since they they wanted me only wanted me to take a career where i would make money and they thought oh he'll be be a lawyer be a trial lawyer because you can go into court. So there was a movie called Compulsion, in which Orson Welles, Orson Welles played the attorney who defended Leopold and Loeb, the child killers. Wow. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So this was a famous case in the 20s. Which is and one of the sexiest, still yeah. to date, is one of the sexiest crime stories. It around. actually is. And yeah. they were kind of like, they were lovers and they were, uh, but they decided. They were curious, they, Bruce. Mean, yeah, they were yeah. curious. Yes. Yeah, they, were, they were not so bi, but curious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they took me to see because Orson Welles got to do this huge courtroom drama scene where he declaimed, you know, and it was like he was playing Lear in the courtroom. It was <laughs> over the, so over the top. It was. It was like, who's by now? And they said, see, now you could do that. You could act. You could be in the courtroom. These trial lawyers, they get to carry on and all that. And I just, I just didn't have the patience for any of that. I said, why would I want to do that? But I could just, you know, be Zero Mustel and, and be the fat guy who runs around the stage a lot. So that was what <laughs> I. But you did in hairspray, so it's I it's totally fine. I did it in of course, in a dress and you know a, a wig and makeup. What did your parents say when you were in mahogany? And we, we actually have a picture from uh, oh, mahogany. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, I was a journalist. See, what had happened was I I went to work for, uh, for I got a journalism degree and a theater degree because my parents said newspapers will never die. <laughs> 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 Who knew? It took a minute. Though. That's right. Yeah, it, 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 and um, uh, I was in Chicago. Here's, and I here's was, the picture. Here I am. Where are we? Oh, that's you, Diana. With Miss Ross, I'm uh, who I never called Miss Ross, and when I years later, and you wrote for her too. You wrote for her. I wrote for her act after after this, when her act when she left Motown, her first big act, which we did as a TV special called "An Evening with Diana Ross," and for which I got nominated for an Emmy, which I lost. 
But you have uh, six, Bruce. Don't be I greedy. Have six. <laughs> Our friend Mindy Sterling just uh, lost hers. So we're had more. Oh, no. No. Yeah. She was on Hollywood Square. She was great. We Mi- have... Mindy's a big friend of On the Rocks. Oh, she was great. We used to have her on Hollywood Square to come back to do uh, her Austin Powers character. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, because any any question that you gave her, any answer she did as that character was a huge laugh. Yeah. So I kept saying, do that, do that, do that. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yeah. So I was in Chicago and I was uh, at the Chicago Tribune and um, they there was an agent who just thought I was funny and, and set me up for this part. And I knew the producer, Rob Cohn, and uh, so he said, it, it's, you know, it was, it was a couple of scenes. I mean, I was supposed to hire Diana Ross to, to be an illustrator for the, um, for the, the, the departments of her Marshall Field. And Barry, uh, the, it was being directed by Tony Richardson, who was a, an Academy Award-winning mm-hmm. director, father of Natasha Richardson. He was married to Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah. And he was uh, directing this movie, and he was a very classy director. But Barry Gordy, who was running Motown, just did not get along with him. And Diana had no, she never connected with him because he was difficult. I yeah. mean, you, first of all, he was one of these English guys. You never knew what he was saying. You know, I mean, you get on the same teeth. He would, he had teeth. He would say, <laughs> and she said, she would look at me and she said, What is he saying? You know what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying. So that was the end of him. And Barry Gordy took over and directed the picture. And the first thing he did was wow. he, he rewrote it so that. Uh, instead of uh, my hiring her, uh, he, she doesn't. He doesn't hire her, and uh, I don't hire her. And she goes to Rome and becomes a, a mahogany, the great model. So I had one scene left, which I had to write. <laughs> so let's talk about Bruce on the set of that. Yes, being on the set with Diana Ross. I mean, what were you feeling like first day? I mean, did you, you feel know, like what am I doing here? Or it, the fir- the first day that we were on the set, it was pretty hilarious because she was in character which you can see there it's early in the movie and she's just she's a secretary in Chicago and she has great aspirations to be a fashion designer and so she was not in her uh, full Diana Ross and we rehearsed and then we shot one version of the scene which we then reshot later on we we shot the one version of the scene and then uh, uh, we wrapped the day was over and she um, went back to her trailer and then uh, I was leaving and she came out of her trailer and it was Diana Ross. She put on the eyelashes and the wig, and she was oh. in a beaded gown because she had to go make an appearance at some charity thing. And I said, oh my God, it's Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and I suddenly realized, well, it's the same girl I just spent the whole day with doing this. <laughs> Only she's in her full character drag. And that, that was a very valuable lesson because I realized that it's, it's something, you know, that, um, that it's something that people put on. I mean, people create a persona and they step into it when it's necessary. I worked for Barry Humphreys, who's Dame Edna. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, I miss him. I wish he would come back he, just a little brief. He you think really, he will? No, I think he's done. Yeah. I really yeah. do think he's done. I think he's done. He may do some other stuff that's not Edna, but uh, I think he's done doing it because Edna's a lot of work. Uh, but he was great in the Abfab movie, by the way. Yeah. 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 Uh, but my, the, the point I'm talking about now is that, um, uh, Barry always says, um, when I put the glasses on, I become Edna. Mm-hmm. So you can talk to him as Barry as he's putting on. The, it takes him 15 minutes to get into the thing. He's been doing it for 50 years. So, But when he puts the glasses on, he is Edna. That is his cue to himself to become that character. And so from that point on, everything he says to you will be in Edna's voice. And when you talk to him, you know, you'll he, he if you happen to say anything to him as he's Barry, I'll say, well, I'll have to talk to Mr. Humphreys when I mm. s- 
when I see Mr. Humphreys Possum, I will give him your message. You know, and you realize <laughs> that this, this is his reality at that point. And there are a lot of them who are like that. A lot of people have created this thing that they step into and become. And you've been friends with so many A-listers, you get to see the difference between them in front of the camera, them hanging out and yeah. having to write for them, because you must see people at, at their naked self. It's like, God, I'm not funny. Make me funny. How do you work with their personality and all that? Mm -hmm. But I want to get back to you. Yeah. Back, to you. back to back you. Back to you. <laughs> Your early influences, what were you watching when you were a kid? How did you know? They're like, oh, I'm funny, and I could be funny, and I want to I wanna be funny. Well, you you learn because you do something, and somebody laughs at it. And as, as Whoopi has said, uh, it gives you a head start. They won't, they won't pound on you because you've made them laugh. You've disarmed them. And so uh, uh, people who are like that, people who are, are not conventional, people who are uh, overweight or gay, or anything from the norm and, and present themselves as targets that can be picked on. And if you, if you are funny, they first of all will like you because you're funny. And secondly, it, it, it kind of takes the piss out of them. You know, they just, they can't really be too mad at you because they, they kind of enjoy you. And uh, so I use it as a defense mechanism. I mean, before I knew there was such a thing as bullying, we never called it that. Before, one of the things, there were no out gay kids when I was a kid. It was unheard of. There were hardly of. gay actors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was unheard of to, to, you know, actually say to somebody in, your, in the real world, I'm gay. I'm 11 and I'm gay and I know <laughs> it. I mean, even though we all did, but we didn't all know it, but a lot of us did. Yeah. Uh, it, you just never did that. So um, that, it was a, a great defense mechanism. But then Bruce, after a while, you you uh, then you begin to you know you're making faces in the mirror and you start performing. A lot of people start performing at dinner. Were tables. you the class clown though? Uh, I wasn't Sorry, the class clown because the class clown was the the guy who was always you know doing wedgies. That's the class clown. <laughs> the guy who was were you always rewriting his stuff himself. at school and be like, I'll try this next time. At the class, I was the most talented. The <laughs> In the yearbook, I was the most talented. Another guy was awesome. the class clown. The, the guy who was yeah, doing all the practical jokes. Was that says everything clown. for me, for my, the question that I want to ask you, because, you know, the wedgie guy is not smart. Right? It goes for the, the cheap humor. Mm -hmm. For me, people like you, um, so now I'm going to disarm you, maybe disarm you a little bit because I'm your friend and I have so much respect for you. You know, I, comedians, people who are truly funny, especially people who write, but people who are truly funny, to me, you have to understand what's going on. You have to be smart, <laughs> but you need, you need to understand what Comedy the is smart. You well, have to understand the intelligence. You have to understand like what an issue is about to comment yeah. on it. And so, like, where did that come from in you? Like, because you did, you weren't just like some guy that watched funny people and then yeah. emulated them. You, when I, I talk to you, you make commentary, political commentary. You make commentary on life that actually I learned from you. I don't just laugh; I actually learn from you. So, where did that come from? That's a very good question. I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's that never said that to me this whole night. I, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> You're welcome. But when I, but you introduce him to Flautus, which is important. I love Flautus. <laughs> See, exactly. I exactly. would never know to do that to him. <laughs> I, I don't know where that. I mean, I, where that comes from. I think it's just uh, it's a way you have a look into the world, and and it 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 comes somewhere along the line. I haven't really examined it. I do know that. My mother and her entire family were really funny, and I was surrounded by people who had great timing. 
uh-huh. and, and and I would listen to them, and I picked up a lot of a lot of that stuff. And they were all we actually. I had a uh, an uncle, her a great uncle. He was her uncle. He was a uh, Catskill comic, Mickey Landau, who did uh, oh, yeah, yeah. who worked. You know, opened. I mean, he opened for Sophie Tucker, which is yeah. when I first went to see Sophie Tucker <laughs> when I was a little kid. <laughs> we went Tucker. to see Uncle Mickey. That's open crazy. For Sophie Tucker. Yeah, that's uh-huh. crazy. Right? Yeah. And a little kid seeing Sophie Tucker? That's oh, so know. inappropriate. I know. Well, you know, I have to say, uh, Sophie Tucker, I, we may have done her a tiny disservice. You know, the, the, the Sophie Tucker that, that I created for Bette Midler uh, is not exactly the Sophie Tucker. I mean, she, she was never – the one thing they have in common is uh, our one rule with, with the Sophie jokes is that she never actually swears. There's only one joke where she ever uses a swear word. Every other joke that we've ever done is all just – Really, double entendre. Um, Which and, is smart and comedy. It's, it's smart. I mean, it's, it, it, is smart. it can be, I mean, you know, kind of filthy, you know. Yeah, but, but it's smart filthy. It's ribald. Isn't that the word? Ribald. Well, it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> an example is uh, my boyfriend, he was a terrific golfer. Wait, wait, wait. Can we take a, 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 you a view? You want to pause before this? No, no, no. Because <laughs> this is part of it. Let, oh. Let's take a look at some of the Sophie uh, Tucker. Well, um, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, oh, talk. Well, this is right. Yeah, because yeah. this is my favorite. Talk us through. Wow. My favorite stuff. You're responsible for this, which became this is her from staple. 1976. I am ready to tell stories. I have come Bette Midler, of course. This is this Bruce Valanche is responsible for this. Yeah, I love this. This is in Cleveland in 1976. Yeah. I have this live album. Listen to this joke. Going to warm the cockle of your tasteful little hearts. They are. They, these stories are the kind of stories that you tell on a winter's evening, but never to anyone who's younger than uh, 15 years. And she tells them so velvetly. These stories come from the files of um, uh, the late and great Miss Sophie Tucker. Go ahead and so, talk to the They knew who she was in 1976. In Cleveland. Yeah. They were in a depression. I feel her ghost is with us tonight. Yes, Sophie, I hear you calling. Now, these stories... Two of these stories are real Sophie stories, and two of these stories are made up. But I feel that if Sophie were alive, she would kill to get her hands on this material. That's the kind of material this is. Now, Sophie was a true Vulgarian. She could tell you to kiss my ass. Kiss my tuchus and plantain tree. Tree for Israel at the same time. I know these backwards and forwards, Bruce. One had to do with the other. I have got any idea. I don't think it much matters, though. Sophie, here are her stories. I was in the woods last night with my boyfriend Ernie. <laughs> no bad words at all in this, and by the way. And he said to me, Soph, he always called I know this Soph. word for word. He said to me, Soph, these woods sure are dark. I sure wish I had a flashlight. I said to him, so do I, Ernie. You have been munching grass for the last <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> that is what I It was the day my boyfriend Ernie, lucky Ernie, World War I flying ace, came home from that very same war. What a day it was. He took me up to his apartment. He stripped me naked. He threw me upon the bed. He poured one upon my I love the setup. And he set fire to my groin. And I said to him, Ernie, Ernie. lucky Ernie, what the hell is going on? And he said to me, when Lucky Ernie goes down, he goes down in flames! <laughs> <laughs> so this is the energy, and this is yeah, this right, is what yeah, comedy yeah, right, should right. be smart. It shouldn't be so, like... So smart. Well, I mean, 
Sophie Tucker did was like that. I mean, she everything was double entendre. There was never any anything but, uh, uh, yeah, really dirty. But. but you guys introduced a classic comedian to a whole generation. I mean, in this. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, uh, to be fair, I mean, she, her act. I mean, this, this, these were the things she would do, like late. Late show, you know. I mean, when she'd had a few, uh, she. I mean, her. She was very. Um, she would. She was funny, but she was less a little on the nose than than uh, than this. But, but I. I do. I love that this has kind of become what, he, what she's known as. Uh, a few years ago, I was watching Boardwalk Empire, and that's it. Yeah, I was just going to exactly, say that, right? Bruce. Exactly. They had the Sophie Tucker and character. They had a. They went into it. It says tonight, Sophie Tucker, and they go into the yep. character, and there is this Sophie Tucker, this girl playing Sophie Tucker, and she is doing these jokes. And I, as I'm watching this, thing, the phone rings, and it's Beth. She says, "Can we get paid for this?" <laughs> 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 because and I, and I call I call the guy, and I said, you know. We wrote those. Yeah. I said, Sophie Tucker never really did any of that material. <laughs> and so he sent us each a cheese wheel. It was very lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that Bruce gets calls from, from Bet. Yeah, right. what, what is her name on your screen? Like, is it Bet? Is it? Uh, is it Harriet Craig? <laughs> uh, there. See, there's a reference. Harriet Craig is a character Joan Crawford played. Oh. And it was the name that Bet used to use when she checked into hotels. We can't we can't use whoops that's funny anymore because uh, too many people know about it. But uh-huh. it, it was always Harriet Craig. Harriet Craig. Yeah, and um, <laughs> Harriet's calling. Oh God, Harriet, Here we go. Harriet Craig was the there was a, a, sh- a play called Craig's Wife that was a big Broadway hit, and Joan Crawford made a movie out of it. It was called Harriet Craig, and uh, the ad campaign says it all. It says. Uh, a woman's a fool to depend entirely on a man's love. <laughs> <laughs> and Harriet Craig is, I mean, it was it was a, uh, a stereotype. I, I mean, it was a, a, a catchphrase. I mean, when you say, oh, she's a real Harriet Craig. Harriet Craig is a kind of, was the, a woman who would walk into the room and move this pen a fraction of an inch. She had OCD. And uh, <laughs> that's how she kept the house and all that. And she drove the husband nuts because he would come in and, you know, flick a cigarette ash, and she would come and she would clean the uh, the ashtray, and it was just like leave it all alone. You know, just, no, you weren't allowed to live, and <laughs> and that was what ended them. And that was it was about controlling women who were you know they they could only control their household, and they were nuts. So so you know, Bruce, I I and forgive me, Alexander, if I'm jumping in too much, but my um, co-host, do whatever you'd I, like. I mean, why yeah. did I have to this tell you all that about Aria? <laughs> That's what I want to know. No, I'm I'm, I'm not because trying to change the jump, subject. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't think most people understand that. Like, you're you're you might be Hollywood royalty, but this is not a thing in right. the past. So like. I mean, Jennifer Lopez is in Vegas doing a show, and you're writing her jokes for her. Well, yeah. I was so, the, like, can you talk about what well, are I, you doing today? I what get are you doing call, today? I get called in. Well, I'm actually. Let's call Bruce. I mean, oh, this, and this, also this documentary. Bar- and also, Barbara called you, and she was going to pay you, like, nothing. And you were like, uh, thanks, bitch. No. Yeah, I know. I told her. She had just had a big auction of all of her furniture because she was changing houses. And uh, when I got the <laughs> offer, she's, I said, that's rather low. And she said, what do you want me to do? I said, sell a lamp. Uh, <laughs> sell the sling. It was, it was the sling that went out. When, when Brolin no. came in, the sling went out. I think, but, but I you're think not, it went I in. But I'm you're joking. not somebody that's, you know, I mean, Bet's in her 70s and, you know, like stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, you're not just writing for folks that are older. I mean, no, she's, I, I she's obviously still hot because she's like the hottest thing on Broadway right now. But I mean, you're not just writing for those folks. No. You're writing for the new generation. I write for, yeah, it's for, 
young, some younger people. Some younger but people. But I get How do you in keep current? Uh, by keeping current. I mean, you just uh, you pay attention. I mean, I never. Uh, it would be easy if I didn't have to do that. I mean, it's you know when when you work on one of those shows like Kimmel or Colbert. I mean, you have to show you give them like twenty jokes by a certain time by two thirty in the afternoon or something like that. Carson, Johnny Carson, who some people dim, dimly remember, uh, had an eighteen joke rule. At two thirty, there were eighteen jokes on from each of his writers on oh the my desk God. because at five thirty they shot the show and he would sit down and put the monologue together. So those g- people who do that, some of those guys, and there are some women who do it too, but mostly guys. Those guys who do that. Uh, you, the day used to begin by uh, going through a stack of newspapers and finding stuff that looked like it would be good fodder for jokes. Now everybody is online. They're not even they're on the phone, you know. I mean, while they drive in, looking to see what's going on, what's what's happened overnight. So it's but that's what it's about. It's about unfortunately you can't ignore the news, and I would love to ignore the news right now. Right you. now, particularly, I would just love. To tune out, I mean, I go on Facebook and I see people saying, "Well, I'm taking a holiday from all of this." <laughs> you know, and I'm, I yeah, can't but they're still because... posting their selfies too, by the way. Well, <laughs> selfies are something. Sorry about else. that. That's, that's another. <laughs> that's that's a, a whole you know other thing. The New Yorker has a guy who does a series of cartoons, and it's always it's all about that. Yeah. It's like, and occasionally they'll put it on the cover, like. Um, uh, the Mona Lisa, and it's all you see are arms with phones taking pictures of the Mona Lisa. No one's actually looking at the Mona Lisa. They're documenting the fact that they were in Paris. <laughs> were I was there, there last there year, there and it's actually Lisa. true. Yeah, it's true. all of this. It's like I was just, yeah, I was and he does, exactly he does all of that. I mean, there's, he had <laughs> an, another brilliant one. It's like a family of four at the beach, and they are all looking down yeah. at their phones, and in the beach behind them, you see. The shadow of Godzilla, who's obviously <laughs> standing in front of them, and they don't even notice because. They're, they're, yeah, I mean, this is his thing. Every every one of his cartoons is like we're we're ignoring the world. We're so busy documenting our narcissistic participation in it that we are not really paying attention to what what's going on. Bruce, because not you, of course. Well, I appreciate that. Straight company accepted. <laughs> yeah. We got so many emails from people in the industry that are comedy writers, and they want to know, what is your process? Do you sit down? Do you Schwarzkopf write? 23. I'm sorry. Not about Is it that. that you sit down and you have these jokes in your head? Because you're known for, like, your comebacks, your one-liners. How do you? And in the moment. Like and be very right. well, that's moment, you know. I mean, there's no Bruce almost famous. Uh, the second act was all about yeah. the process. Is yeah, I mean, that is uh, on you. You're working on your feet. I mean, that all has to do with being at, at the place when the thing is going on. But I mean, clinically, what advice but, do you have, and what is your process? Uh, I, it dep- everything is uh, is site specific. I mean, when they talk about uh, how do you write for a certain personality, it's I always compare it with designing. I mean, you know, uh, Bob Mackey comes in, and he would not put uh, you know, Jennifer Hudson in the same dress that he would put Reese Witherspoon. I mean, they're two different types, and they're two different body types. And uh, so you design uh, something <clears throat> for, for that specific type, and it's also for uh, whatever purpose it is. I mean, everything you write is, is unless you're writing something on your own that, that is going to be is going to live through the ages. You're generally writing for some specific moment. 
a television show that's going to happen on a certain night. And uh, so there, there are parameters that you're that you're given. But do you sit at a computer? Do you write oh, a notepad? Yeah, I yeah. Sit at, now I sit at a computer. I used to sit at a typewriter because I was a journalist, and we you know, lived in front of typewriters. And uh, the, my, the red letter day was when they came out with that in, autocorrect on typewriters. It was yeah. fabulous. You didn't have to white out. Texas you didn't Instruments. Have to like, yeah, it was you really, Texas Instruments. Just, it was everything. Was, you were painting like you were doing your toenails. White out. <laughs> horrifying thing. I had, since I have no motor skills, it was doubly horrifying. Uh, but I, yeah, I used to do that. But, but sometimes I'll just, uh, I'll sit with a pad and I'll do it. You know, I mean, I, I, I envy people who, who do it the old school way. Um, Linda Bloodworth, who wrote Designing Women, would sit over the weekend on Sunday at her house and write a script longhand, which she would then send out Sunday night to a typist who would type it up, and on Monday morning they would have a table reading of the script. Wow. That's crazy. She wrote all of those shows. I mean, this, this, the shows, they had staff writers, but they would refine what she had done. Yeah. But I mean, the, the fact that she sat there longhand, like Emily Dickinson, who, by the way, wrote poetry, which is not as long as a sitcom episode. <laughs> <laughs> she would sit there Just as funny, though. Longhand. It's hilarious. I mean, it was just amazing. Like, I would even... You know, like type like a, a court stenographer <laughs> in some kind of shorthand code, if I could. One of our other biggest questions was, how is an award show written with the Oscars? Do you meet like in a writing room? Like, uh, it depends on who's doing it. There, there are two components to all of those shows. Well, like, and, and just to preamble this, Bruce, you've written for some great shows and then some well, not so great haven't shows. Haven't we all? <laughs> I mean, you know. I wish there was looked. there was Hamlet and there was Titus Andronicus. Yes, <laughs> everybody has a bad day. Yeah. But good even point. Titus, yeah. but even Titus is a good show. Titus is a good show if you can do the part where he grinds the the bodies into a pie and she eats them. That's a great scene. <laughs> then it turns into Sweeney Todd and Patty Lapone <laughs> plays Mrs. Lovin, and we're it all started. Funny. That's how it started. But That's what happened. is the process in having to write for a big award show from the Oscars, Tonys, Emmys, Grammys? Uh, it's twofold. There's the host and there's the rest of the show. Um, the rest of the show, I should start with that. The rest of the show is done. Uh, you have to write for the people who are going to be doing the presenting and all that kind of stuff. The host generally comes, if, if they have a, a television show that they do every day, they come with a writing staff who will write for that person, and then you have to be the liaison between them. Or you can also be a part of the host's team. Billy Crystal was the host. Steve Martin was the host. Whoopi was the host. They didn't have a staff of writers. We assembled a group, and we would sit, and we would, we would work in a room. And then everybody goes off and, and writes something, say, why don't you try, you know, uh, he's going to introduce so and so. Let's do, you know, have a couple of different ways that he can introduce whoever it's going to be. Um, so that's that's how it starts. And then the stuff that uh, um, that you there was nothing you could really do until the nominations are announced. Hmm. The only thing you could do was the honorary awards, which are now done separately on the at the governor's awards. Yeah. So they they've been removed from the show. So other than th that, you really have to wait because once the nominations are announced, then, then you know who's going to be uh, who will be on the show and who won't be on the show and you know, one year uh Jim Carrey played Andy Kaufman in a movie <laughs> and we funny. all thought slam dunk nomination. Man on the Moon. At Man on the Moon. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and we came up with all kinds of stuff and we were going to have, you know, we were going to have him come as Andy Kaufman out of the audience and do one of those Andy Kaufman kind of stuff. Wasn't nominated. 
So all that, all that stuff got, got canned. You know, nothing mm -hmm. we could do with it. Um, so the, it, you, you learn not to waste time doing stuff until you find out what actually is going to be on the show, part of, part of the show. And that's how it's – and then you – then part two is once the nominations are announced, then you get to write to all of that stuff. And then you send it to the people who are going to do it. And then the negotiating begins because nobody wants to do that. They want to do that. They want to do the other thing. And uh, you have to go through all of their people because they send it to everybody. Do you watch the show live? Yeah. When you're writing it, yes. You, you're Generally, I'm in the wings with, with the host. Really? Yeah. Because you're writing as you go, right? We're writing, well, we're rewriting as we go. You're rewriting, we I'm know, sorry, rewriting we know, as you I go, mean, yeah. we generally, we look and see where the host is in the show, and we figure out um, what he could, he or she could do that would uh, um, take advantage of, of the opportunity. If, if they're following somebody or a certain award, whatever it is, uh, we, we do a little playbook. Uh, of stuff you could say, depending on what happens. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, and then yeah. the playbook is there, is there in in the little room in the wings where the host changes costumes and uh, eats yeah. and drinks and all that. I keep thinking I'm cutting out because I'm. <laughs> am I cutting out here? Because I'm the. There no, I go. Because you know. I'm so sorry. Delicate. Tell me. Hello. No, it says there. He's. I'm not. It says there are mice in my line. That's all. Um, <laughs> so uh, and then of course you get the great moment where something happens. Somebody does something and. You get to comment on it. The great Jack Palance. Oh, example, that was probably, with, right. with with Billy when um, when Jack Palance did the one arm push ups and Billy was following him out. The other one I like to talk, to mention is Steve Martin when we did um, when Michael Moore won and the uh, uh, audience began booing him. There, he talked about uh, the war in Iraq and and stagehands began booing and other people began booing him and and then there was a commercial. And then Steve came out after the commercial, and he said, it's so nice backstage. The stagehands are helping Michael Moore into the trunk of his car. <laughs> <laughs> which, was a, which was a great, I mean, I love when that happens. I love uh, just coming up, I did a thing with um, the Tony Awards one year, Hugh Jackman was hosting it, and we had- uh, Yawn, by the we way. We had, a what? <laughs> He was yawn because he's so and beautiful and like his voice is so natural, whatever. What do you do with somebody that's so like vanilla how do you make him funny? Well, I gave him this joke um, <laughs> because we had LL Cool J and Carol Channing together. Yeah. Which was the Tony, <laughs> the Tony Award thing. Yeah. And so they want LL Cool J, of course, was is on NCIS Los Angeles. So they, CBS wanted him. And on in it, my dreams, too. Right. And Carol uh, was, you know, Broadway. So we put them together because it looked so ridiculous. And, uh, and I said, that, well, they should do a rap. And because he's a rapper, and uh, you know, so she claims that she's part black, so so she's a rapper. So I wrote this thing, <laughs> and he thought it was really funny, and uh, and she thought it was really funny, and then we got to the rehearsal, and Carol, when she's not on stage, wears these huge glasses. They're huge black rimmed. I mean, gigantic. that's Palm Springs normal, though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel, isn't that? <laughs> yes. yes. And. Uh, she said, uh, she came out, she wasn't wearing the glasses, and she said, well, you know, I, I couldn't learn it all. And I don't know <laughs> that I can see the teleprompter without my glasses. And so I said, well, wear your glasses. Oh, I couldn't wear my glasses. And I said, your glasses are fabulous. They're gangster. <laughs> and L.L. was standing there, and I said, Carol, show him your glasses. And she put on the glasses, and he said, those are bitchin'. 
And <laughs> they looked, she looked like a rapper. I mean, and she was like wearing some kind of bling. <laughs> and so I said, okay, let's do it. And she decided she would do it. So they did it, and it was a huge hit. She got all these laughs, and uh, she got off. And then um, Hugh Jackman came on, and I said, I gave him this joke. He came back and he said, this just in. Carol Channing has been arrested in the drive-by shooting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what hilarious. You <laughs> that is hilarious. Carol Channing rapping. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, raspberries, Bruce. Yes, it's still about you. I love it's how you deflect me. everything to other wow. stars. We don't know enough uh, about you. We would like to well. know from the emails that we received. Oh, my God. How is dating? Because you get to hobnob with all the A-listers. <laughs> Do you feel like people uh, want to hang out with you or be with you because of the people that you know? Sure. And how hard is dating sure. in this industry? Well, you know, I'm a fossil. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of too old. I'm out but of you're very program. private about your dating life, romantic life. Uh, well, I am because, I, I mean, I, I don't have any social media dating presence because I'm too famous. I can't go on Grindr. I can't go on any of those things because they know who I am. I can't hide who I am. And uh, they, they either don't believe me and they want to meet me because they don't believe it or they want to meet me because they believe it and they're, they're not interested in you know anything I'm interested in. They're interested in, in me telling stories like this, which is not why I'm on Grindr. I'm not looking for somebody <laughs> right. to interview me. <laughs> So I wouldn't go on any of those things. I mean, it's just it, none of that stuff works for me. So I have to actually do it the old-fashioned way. I actually have to meet people. And, uh, and you know, enough of that happens, I suppose. But I'm, I'm available. <laughs> Where's the camera? Let me look. I'm trying to look hyper-charming. <laughs> so I said I wasn't going to. charming <laughs> Somebody said you weren't what? No, we're getting a lot of comments. Oh, you're getting a lot of. Oh, you're. He's receiving, you know, he's getting, he's multitasking. <laughs> see, he's what is in the future for Bruce Valent? In the future? Oh God, I don't know if I find my car, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> we have yeah, a right. very experienced <laughs> lot. Yeah. A, a How large. much in the future are we talking about? Well, that, you know, that kind of, uh, uh, well I'm going to be in San Diego, I should say. At that. Martins At above 4th. So, um, uh, September 19th, I'm doing that. I'm going to do my one-man extravaganza, tell stories and things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I've written a musical. It's it's um, with all the Petula Clark's music from the 1965. Are you kidding? No, it's great. Are you no, kidding? No, no, no. no it's serious. not. It's not her story. It's um, downtown. It's an original book. Yeah, it's an original book with all of her music in it. And uh, so think, Mamma Mia. Please think, Mamma Mia. I hope it doesn't cover her Sunset Boulevard time. No, it's not about her. Oh. It is an original story that we and we've shoehorned all of her her cat just like Mamma Mia. We've shoehorned her cat, which they're now doing a sequel. Mamma Mia, here we go again. Yeah, here we go again. Yeah, with Meryl Streep is filming it. <laughs> uh, Bruce, but but Bruce's musical has already, I mean, it's not just something he wrote. Yeah, no, we, they put it up we did already. It. We, did yeah. it, we did it in Connecticut. Yeah, we did it at Good Speed in Connecticut. Bruce, we got so many questions. Um, I don't even know. Um, what do you watch on TV right now? As the premier comedy writer. I know. People are. I mean, always ask me about that. I mean, there there isn't a whole lot of comedy. I love Modern Family. I think it's really smartly yeah. done. You don't think it's a little tired after the last few uh, uh, seasons? I don't know. I have to catch up on it, I suppose. <laughs> I, I'm not looking at it like, you know, day and date. So <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, so I am, I'm wrong in that. But I mostly watch dramas. I mostly, and I love the British procedurals. There's a show called Vera with Brenda Blethyn that's yeah, on PBS. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. Brenda Blethyn is Fantastic. one of, if, 
Brenda my listeners, and I guarantee my listeners don't know, she's one of the top. Brenda Blethyn. Oh, she's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love Ray Donovan because it's so Hollywood. I mean, it's uh, especially this season. Susan Sarandon is playing the studio head, and it's uh, it's a riot. Should we talk about Susan Sarandon? <laughs> no. Well, I can't. I mean, you know, Susan Sarandon as a politician is another story, but I mean, she's she's a brilliant actress. I mean, her Betty Davis, I thought was just oh, her amazing. Betty Davis is amazing. You really think so? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I knew Betty Davis. I think it was half ass. Really? No. Yeah, which, I really do. Which which part was the, which half? I think it's still the show. <laughs> the bottom half. No, I thought like she was like Susan Sarandon, Susan Sarandon. Like I didn't. No, she was Betty Davis, and that was what Betty Davis was like. Betty Davis knew that she had a Betty Davis persona. As we talked about people before having personas, when Betty Davis wanted to you to pay attention, she would do a Betty Davis reading of something, and so she you'd be having a conversation, with, you know, in a restaurant, you'd say. Uh, I think I'll have the Caesar salad and the dressing on the sides, because she wanted it. She wanted them to know that's what she wanted. But they paid attention when she went into her Betty Davis character. Susan did the same thing in that series, in the Feud series, which I thought was pretty masterful of her. Also, she looked a lot better than Betty Davis looked at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but that's uh, we're still getting so many questions. Do you ever get starstruck? Uh, that's, it's a great question. Yeah, yes, but not. Uh, it, it it takes a lot. I mean, because I you know know so many of them. <laughs> um, I don't anymore. I did it at at early on. I mean, I also realized early on that I was meeting a lot of people who were um, n- not going to be what who I thought they were because they were older than that. You know, mm-hmm. I met Catherine Hepburn, and I thought I wanted her to be the Catherine Hepburn of of the screwball comedies. Uh, and she was not. She was the old yeah. lady, Catherine Hepburn, and she was cantankerous, and she was full of opinions. And <laughs> and and I, Bruce, uh, I didn't know that. Just tell me a little bit about that because that's magical to me. Well, you know, I was interviewing. I was a journalist. I interviewed her. She was uh, she was touring in Coco, a musical about Coco Chanel, which had like a three note range. By the way, have yeah. you heard the soundtrack? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, it was written for Rosalind Russell, who also is not a great singer. And so, uh, um, yeah, but she didn't have far to go to do <laughs> to do. Uh, Catherine Hepburn. Oh, the Catalyst on Bloom again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the album is worth hearing because it's very funny to watch Catherine Hepburn go through this. Just uh, like Betty Davis too in her yeah, album. And her her music. Because she ta- she has a song called "Eager Bigger Boyfriend." That's the <laughs> title of the song. Use that. <laughs> but she's funny when she sings. They're either too young or too old. Which was a World War II song that she sang at, at the Hollywood Canteen, and it was about there are no men left. They're either too young or too old. They're either too gay or too fancy free. It's really pretty funny. Nineteen forties. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. I mean, I, you know, meeting the Queen was unusual, and uh, although she was uh, she was much younger when I met her. I mean, Bet did a a, a, a gallop two years ago for the Queen. And uh, and I said, well, how was it? Because I wasn't there. I said, how was it? And she said, well, she's tiny. She's tinier than I am. She's like 5'4". Uh, but, you know, Bet is like about 5'2", and the Queen is like... Is that true? Yeah, the Queen is smaller than that. And the Queen also is not doesn't wear heels. I mean, she features like maybe uh, old lady heels, two-inch yeah, heels, yeah, she maybe. Yeah, she wears like... But... Sensible yeah. shoes. But she said, she's <laughs> tiny. She's completely tiny. And the jewels are all real. <laughs> you are dazzled by the jewelry. She said, if, if, and it may be like calculated because the queen knows that, you know, you're going to kind of be 
I'm beating the queen. You know, and so that she wears it probably something. takes the pressure off. Yeah, exactly. Right? Something else you can look at. You can look at it and you go, holy mecca, look at them do. Because <laughs> so, if you're Queen Elizabeth after like 60 years, can I, like, uh, what else can, can you I bring? just tell a story? That, uh, uh, this is a true story about um, I, I wrote for Peter Allen for years and years. And Peter Allen was a, a, a fabulous We have a lot of young singer. people here. They okay. probably don't know it's who Peter Allen is. He was married to Liza Minnelli for a while. But he yes. Was, he was a big Australian. And Hugh Jackman played him on Broadway in a show yes. called The Boy From Us. The Boy Oz. From Us. Yeah. And um, he was a, fan- a fantastic character. Anyway, when they opened the Sydney Opera House, the, the Queen went to Australia for the opening. And Peter, all the Australians who had all become famous and left Australia, <laughs> came back. <laughs> Olivia Newton-John, Cape Blanchard. Like, yeah. uh, no, she wasn't around. So it's an old story. She wasn't around then. But I mean, uh, Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, yeah. and uh, all uh, Helen Reddy. That was the, who was a huge uh, recording star. And uh, I am woman, hear me roar. Yes. Anyway, so they all came back, and uh, they did this great big opening, and the Queen uh, sat there and watched the whole thing, and. They had a bunch of uh, rules. They said that no, you couldn't, uh, you could not wear a tiara or a crown or anything like that. Only the queen could wear the tiara or the crown. <laughs> so um, now it's the show is over and we're all lined up and I'm standing behind Peter. We're all lined up to meet the queen and the queen. And, and Peter says, "Where's Helen? Helen Reddy's missing. Where's Helen? Helen's the only one who's not here." And the queen is now coming in. She's going down the row and she's meeting people and she's now talking to Peter and she speaks verses. Oh, you're so amusing, that song about Rio, which was a big hit that he had. And as we're talking, um, the the door opens and Helen appears in her I'm going to meet the queen dress, you know, like Cinderella's ball gown. <laughs> and on her head is a tiara. Oh. And you can see there's there's <laughs> the other end of the room. And the queen gives her like side eye. You know, and sees this, and kind of you see the queen go, hmm, you know, just hmm, like bitch is wearing a tiara. Hmm. And, and Peter says to the queen, "I wish they had told us we could wear our tiaras, because I have a drawer full of them." No the way! <laughs> and the queen looks up at him, and she does. She wags a finger in front of her. She goes. No. <laughs> Don't make me laugh is what she's saying to him. <laughs> but of course she wants to burst into that because she it's so funny. She's and now probably, she she's probably like one of the coolest people yeah, in the and world. And now she right has now. to go meet Helen in the, you know, who's curtsying. <laughs> she's practicing her curtsy at the end of the Bruce. <laughs> yes. You have to fall victim to our uh, rapid fire. What's that? That's uh, what that's what you ask a lot of questions in a row yep. about just say yes, no. Yeah, really we're fast, over our really time. Fast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Celebrity crush. Uh, <coughs> Zach Efron. Yeah, really? You know, why you? Why I, is that easy? He's not that uh, yeah, he's you know, beautiful. He's a he's a cute Jewish boy from the valley. There you go. You know, I went to Hebrew school with that type. Yeah. <laughs> All right, quick. <laughs> star you wouldn't write for. A star I wouldn't write for? Oh, uh any of the Trumpers. Mm-hmm. None yeah. of the Trumpers. I don't know who they are at the moment, but uh What is the best writing on TV that we've seen? The best writing on TV. Oh my God! What a question! Such a question. Um, uh, it's uh, very hard to say. I mean, I, I mentioned Vera, the show that that is on PBS with Brenda Blethyn, mm. which is uh, a, a, a police procedural, but is really spectacularly written. Law and Order. All the Law and Order shows are really well written. I mean, I happen to like police procedurals, but they really are well written. I do too. Yeah. Oski 
Oski. Oscar-worthy Oski. movie. You've seen this here. Uh, I just saw Wind River. Yeah. Why really is every talk? It doesn't special. seem that Because exciting. it's the only grown-up movie that from yeah. the, from the summer that I can What recall. about Good Time? Good Time? Is yeah. that the one with Chastity Bono? No, what it's with Rob Pattinson, my friend. I haven't seen it. It just came out, right? It, yeah, just, it just came out. But Wind River, I agree with. Yeah. Lunch with any star living or dead. And you start living or dead? <laughs> Greta Garbo, who I met once for uh, a, a, a New York minute. She came to see Bette Midler in concert. And she came backstage and went over to her and said, you moved me. And then and turned and left. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's uh, amazing. And we looked at each other and we went, Garbo. Garbo. You're like, I mean, wait. <laughs> Garbo doesn't mean, I mean, obviously it doesn't mean much, what she's, Garbo was like the biggest movie star ever from silent ever. movies. Ever. Into the, and then she retired when she was 40 and she lived 50 more years. I want to know her accountant. That's who I really <laughs> want to know. Yeah, right? Yeah. Who's I want to know who's, how she did who's that. Who stretched that out? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was a rapid fire. We have to finish the show with advice uh, with Wesley Woods. I'm just enjoying this. So we have oh, to give you. all of our advice. We always quiet. Wesley Woods. Last, last show, we were, like, we were all on. We were not quiet. I was, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying we were this. Oh, we were nice. all quiet. Wow. I mean, I yeah. didn't know it was going to be like this. <laughs> so Wesley Woods is going to give us his advice, and we're going to chime in. Okay, well, Daniel's I, like, still, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people? Well, well, I have a few, a few questions, I guess, um, from a few of. And followers. I don't know these, so I'm like, uh. um, let's start with, um, should I tell my friends with benefits that I want to be more than friends? I always say no if the sex is good, and yes if you want to find another friends with benefits. <laughs> Wait a minute, but you're assuming they're ha- having sex already. That's what a friends with benefits is. <laughs> I thought it was like I thought it was like a you little wine spritzer. Like, Ale- Alexander corner. thought you just got a gift bag. If they wanted yeah. more from you, they would you would already be more than friends with benefit. Right. And if you they're obviously getting it someplace else. Right. Or you know, if they move on if they find somebody they want it from, then you're or then maybe they're just, just scared to say something. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, they're spending time with you. Maybe they want to be with you or no. Maybe. I don't know. I think that just it it happens when it, I don't know. If they if they're if you're, you're the ha- advice guy. You if you're us. having sex and they leave as soon as it's over, they don't want anything more than just that. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably have very busy lives. Yes. Yeah. Real and, busy. You know, you're I, as, you're as convenient to them as they are to you. I agree. Like if if there are hints that. Uh, you, they want a relationship. They're going to stay longer. But if they leave right away, then they just want sex. Yeah, and then if they're you know there through the weekend, well, they probably need a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> so, that or is that sex is really that yeah. good. Yeah, you never get out of bed, which I've happened. Oh, uh, next question, sex related to. I've been on a few dates with a guy, and we haven't had sex yet. When is the right time to initiate? I actually like this because I don't think it's a date if you haven't had sex. Well, you're gay. <laughs> I mean, that used to be the, th- that, the thing. I mean, years ago. I mean, I don't know if it's the same thing now, but you had sex and then you had the date. 
Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sex was, you know, you got together and you had sex and then made dinner, a yeah. movie, whatever. I think the... I think age but that's changed not a that. Date, though. That well, just I think, sucks. but, but it doesn't be, mean a date. being someone who dates millennials <laughs> right yeah. now, um, you know, I think it's really it's like it's forced upon like, you. I'm not. It, it's totally forced. <laughs> it's totally forced upon me. Well, because I happen to be a person that like nobody over 34 is interested in. But but um, uh, that sounded sad. Like, <laughs> wah, wah. It's not sad at all, right? Complaining about a like great benefit. No, but I mean, what I find out, what I'm finding with those younger guys is that they actually uh, there are alternatives to that now it's sort of like a thing that you know oh that's what you guys did when you were younger you know you all had sex first now it's sort of like we have another lifestyle and we want to actually introduce our opinion into a relationship like our style mm. our my style is is that i want to challenge that orthodoxy i don't want to have uh -huh. sex on the first few dates oh well, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to introduce I think you a should opinion. You should initiate <laughs> sex whenever you want to. You, if you're, you're grown adults, yeah, do it when you want to. But I don't think that you should be insulted if the the response back. No, is, you, you know, should just know to move on, bit. and yeah. you know that person's not for you <laughs> or me. <laughs> True. Next question: <laughs> Is it wise to date a porn star? I don't know if it's wise to date anyone really. <laughs> That's my advice. Yeah, but you're so in love. You're dating. I am in love. You're dating I mean, somebody that is dating a porn star. I mean, it's just a job. I mean, is it wise to date an accountant? Is it wise to date a doctor? Is it wise? I mean, yes. It a radio show is. host? Yes. Radio show host? Is it wise to date? I don't know. I feel like the, just the standards are a little bit higher raised and they would feel just less confident as a person. Exactly. So that would be the only thing that like would hold them, them back from approaching the Meaning that you'd have to be confident, more yeah, com yes. confident, more sure of yourself if you were dating yes. somebody that How was. More confident, totally. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got to be comfortable with He's your straight, partner so going like All the girls are like, ah. Yeah. Sex with someone else because yeah. that's what's happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, what, what do you think? Do you think it's wise? Have you ever dated a porn star? I mean, I know you have porn crushes. Okay, well, <laughs> I've dated uh, go-go uh, boys and everything. And <laughs> That's basically, well, they're cheaper than porn stars, let's be honest. <laughs> they cost me a lot, so I don't know. <laughs> anyway, next. Um, last one. Um, advice that you have surviving a circuit party being sober. I don't want to stop hanging out with my friends, and it's what they do. I got this email because you're very open. Like, you're sober, sober, sober. I mean, I just... I, I still go party. I just I'm not drinking. I mean, I'm still dancing. I'm still doing. I've never hung out with you. Well, because West Hollywood is home, and I don't want to be bar popular. I'm trying to do bigger and better things. So I am trying to go to bed early, wake up early, write, create. Go yeah, to bed but it's early. me, and I've asked you to like, can we <laughs> hang out? Tonight? We shall. And you don't. We shall. We shall. They, we shall. Uh, when I was 18, I never had a sip of alcohol, and the excuse that I gave during college was. I'd rather have a six-pack of abs than a six-pack of beer. And that was my excuse. I would still go out. I'd still party. But I just wouldn't drink. And I just and that was my excuse. See? Priorities. Well, it's sort of like a lot of people don't understand how to party without having yeah. the I would drinking rather be and the drugging. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys. Speaking of that. And that's, hi, those were the questions. <laughs> All right. You guys. Yes. Another episode of All the Rocks has come and gone. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Tony. Oh, my God. <laughs> where are those people? I want to see them. <laughs> Let's go around the room and tell our, our listeners audience. where they can find you. Where you can find me? 
Uh, I'll be in the San Diego on the debate. You mean you mean the nineteenth? Martinis uh, above fourth on September nineteenth. I know that. I'll be in. You the, didn't uh, accept my friendship request on Facebook, by the way. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> I'm afraid, I never look at those things. Actually, that's number one. And number two, I didn't. I'll look. I will now. But or you can message me. Isn't that the other way to do it? You can PM me or D whatever they call me. it. I'm gonna. Send, I'm just gonna send you. A text. I did. You blogged Latinos. That's fine. <laughs> it's I on his about you. me section. <laughs> no Latinos. I do. <laughs> Nobody tell Jay Rodriguez because he's he's all over my Facebook. <laughs> Ooh, I know Jay very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at. That's a whole other show. <laughs> his ex is my husband. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Drama filled right now. <laughs> a whole other show. Wow. Uh, you can find me at livinglifedaniel.com, uh, Instagram, Pyre Daniel, and YouTube, Pyre Daniel as well. I will recommend the Instagram Pyre Daniel. I'm sure you will. <laughs> what, during the, sh- during the show, I've been enjoying the Pyre Daniel. Uh-huh. Uh, you Instagram. can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, The Wesley Woods, not the church camp, the porn star. <laughs> well, as a nonprofit guy, you can find my cause at AIDSMonument.org. Um, we are having our annual event on October 5th, which is a photo auction. So if you're interested in photography, you can come to our photo event and buy fantastic, iconic photography. And uh, But the AIDS Monument will be uh, built in Los Angeles and within the next year and a half. And it's going to be an amazing art project uh, by a man named Daniel Tobin from Australia. So we're very proud of that. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Turning off the lights. <laughs> 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 the lights are going out. The party the universe. Over. The lights <laughs> are going out all over Europe. <laughs> anyway, we love you so much uh, for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to go out. <laughs> Thanks. What do you want to do? Thanks, Mama Rose. <laughs> I'm On the Rocks with Alexander every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Find me on Facebook on On the Rocks Radio Show. Tweet me or Instagram me at On The Rocks On Air. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>